Welcome to CyberTalk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year internet security veteran. This week, we're going to be talking more in the tech education space. If you're out there thinking about how do I learn about technology, get into a technology career and job, how do I advance the skills I already have if you're in an entry-level role, stay tuned. Stay on the air here with us. If you're not going to be able to uh, listen to the full program, the rebroadcast of this will go on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com on Tuesday, June 12th. So look for it on the website, listen there, or iTunes, podcasts, or podcasts. Cast or uh, anything on your Android device, it'll also get there so you can listen to this full interview uh, with the great guest we have this week. Uh, Chris, thank you for joining us. And can you uh, go ahead and introduce your background and uh, the Microsoft Academy that we're going to be talking about this week? Sure, Brett. Uh, you know, I served a little over 33 years in the Marines. I've been in Microsoft for almost 12 years now. We kicked off this part of the company called Microsoft Military Affairs four years ago, and uh, the Microsoft Software and Systems Academy is the crown jewel of what we do. So the military folks like their acronyms, so this is MSSA? That's correct. You got it right, MSSA. It's a great program, and I'm so delighted that you're having me on your program to talk about it because the more people that know about it out there, the more can take advantage of it. Yeah, well, we've got a few military folks here in San Antonio that uh, <laughs> may be driving out around base right now or uh, in town on the, the weekend here listening. So uh, if you're uh, in the military and there maybe you're on your way out, uh, would this be something that uh, would be interesting for those folks? Absolutely. And, and in fact, uh, uh, probably seven years ago, we had this vision. Hey, we've got 200,000 military that leave every year. And then we looked at what's out there, what's what programs are available to them, and there weren't that many. So that's why we came up with MSSA. Okay, so it, you were at Microsoft a few years uh, before this. Did you, you join in the military affairs uh, back 12 years ago at Veteran Affairs to get started? Actually, it didn't exist 12 years ago. It's only been there for four years, and it's a program that, that we started because we saw a need. But no, I've, I've been in the company 12 years. I've worked in uh, with the account teams out there, mostly military-related uh, things. But um, it, it's a great organization. So you see this need out in the market. So uh, how did you, you guys go to decide to build this program and then get it started? And then from there, now, what's the program today? Well, you see, we, we saw this need. For those that serve in the military and want to get into the IT industry, that's what this program's all about. It's 18 weeks. It's tough, but we've built it in such a way that the morning is academic, the afternoon is soft skills, interview, resume writing, and uh, we have a very high success rate. So the whole idea is if you've served and you want to get into the IT industry, you go through a program like this. The D- Department of Defense calls it a, a career skill uh, bridge program. You get in a program that like this, and it helps you land a a good job, actually a career in the IT industry. Yeah, across many of the aspects inside the military, there's training and certification inside the military, but it's a military-only certification. So in the medical fields, in IT and technology, uh, where you you get an internal uh, set of skills that will put you into a a job role uh, in the military, but as you transition out to the private sector, uh, those certifications don't transition over. People are looking for Microsoft certifications, for Cisco certifications, for degree programs in technology, and that type of training um, is not recognized yet 
the training that goes on in the military in many cases out there by the the private sector. This is a, one of the topics we've hit on a number of times. You have these super skilled practitioners coming out of the military without ability to to prove uh, the credentials that they have inside the private sector. That's right. And this is a leading program within the DOD SkillBridge program. It really uh, prepares uh, our military for a really good job. And what we find is that we've got a 95% graduation rate from the program. 96% of those are either employed or have gone back to college. And the average starting salary is $70,000. And when I talk to young military people, they, they say to me, hey, that's several times more than what I make right now. It's a game changer. It's, yeah. it's really going to make a difference in my life. No, it's big. So if uh, you uh, wanted to enroll in this and learn more about it, do you guys have a, a website where they should go check things out? We do. If you go to military.microsoft.com, slant training, slant MSSA, it's all there. There you go. So uh, now, if you said it's 18 weeks. So uh, held in which cities? Where do you guys operate these academies right now? Well, you know, five years ago, we tested this. We did a pilot at Joint Base Lewis-McChord up in the state of Washington. And with that, we saw that this could really work. I mean, we in Microsoft have thousands of jobs that are unfilled. Yeah. Because there aren't enough people out there with an IT background. Code.org says there's 490,000 jobs in America, IT jobs, that are unfilled for that same reason. So that's why we, we put this together. And we're making a difference. You know, like I said, we're hiring about 22%, but 280 companies have hired from the rest. And... Uh, that's really huge. And, yeah. and here in San Antonio, USA, USAA is interested. Dell is interested. So, you know, it's, it's not only nationwide, but geographically there are companies where we're located that are inter interested in the program. So Joint Base Lewis-McCord is where we started, then Camp Pendleton, and then we've made our way across the country. We're on 12 bases across the country, and 14 bases can access because some of them are geographically close to where we're at. But uh, the, the, the big thing about that is the numbers. We're going to be able to graduate a lot more now. Yeah, that's great to hear. So if you're uh, one of the, the base commanders here in San Antonio, it sounds like uh, you should be uh, talking to Chris uh, about uh, getting the, the program uh, on to uh, one of our locations here in this city. Well, that's right. We graduated uh, a couple months ago our first cohort here at Joint Base San Antonio, and we have the second one underway now. Oh, so we're already on, on base here. You're, you're on. We oh. started here in February, and uh, we're, we're going strong. I, I think the key here is that when we first start a course on any base, it, there's limited attendance because people don't know about it but, yeah. but then it grows and it doubles and and that's what we want to see here in san antonio and like i said we've been doing this for five years we've graduated only over 900 but now with how we're poised across the country we're going to graduate a thousand every 12 months that's that's great to hear yeah because in san antonio we have uh, a few hundred every month that uh, transition from active duty to uh, retired status, whether they made the full 20 
or over 30 years like you did or whether they were in for two or four. Uh, but we've got a few hundred folks here um, every month that uh, transition out of the military into the private sector. You know, the great thing about this, and when we first started, we said, okay, uh, the DOD regulations say if you're within six months of leaving active service, you can participate in the Skill Bridge program. So this is a four-and-a-half-month program. That was perfect, and we could go on bases and, and, and offer this. Then uh, we've expanded that to veterans, folks that have already left that can qualify for this program. They're welcome, too. And it's for Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard. It's for Reserves. It's for National Guard. So we would like to see as many of our military who are transitioning and veterans participate in this program because the technology industry needs great employees. Our military, our veterans are indeed great employees. Oh, absolutely. So uh, if, if I'm either active duty and I'm on my way transitioning or uh, I'm retired, maybe I'm, I'm here uh, in uh, one of the colleges in town taking some other classes is this it, it, this is 18 weeks long this is probably uh all day every day for those 18 weeks yes it is and uh i'll tell you you know the, those success rates you know 95 percent graduation 96 percent of those either employed or have gone back to college these are pretty phenomenal and what i didn't yeah. tell you was that um we have found that those that we hire in microsoft stay, uh, over 90% stay after the first two years. That's incredible. The Institute for Veterans and Military Families did a study not long ago of about 1,500 veterans, and they found that over two-thirds left their first job after the first two years. So those stats are very strong, and uh, I, I think it's uh, a lot of it has to do with, with how we've set it up and, and some of the mentoring that we do. Yeah, no, that's very interesting. It's one I, I, I want to talk a little bit more, maybe in the second half of the program, in depth about the soft skills aspect of it, of because you've gone through this transition yourself very successfully, um, and it, it's a challenging one for for folks, especially when they've put in the number of years uh, like you did, uh, where it it is a completely different lifestyle, uh, completely different uh, way. Uh, that things function um, inside the active duty world versus uh, out in the, the private sector. So just being able to choose where you want to live for the first time in, in 30 years. Well, that's right. And, and transition is indeed tough. Yeah. In my words, what I hear from the folks that go through this program is it's, it's horrifying. It's scary. You know, you're, you're leaving something that you've done, you know real well, you're proud of, and then you're going out there into America to do something that you have no idea uh, where you're going to land or, or how you're going to translate your military skills. But I'm telling you what military people bring, you know, that discipline, that leadership, that passion, that that concept of teamwork. You know, it's about teamwork. You win as a team, not as an individual. And military people get that. Absolutely. And those are the kinds of traits that industry needs in America, and military people bring it. Yeah. Now, it's uh, as I, we look at the transitioning piece and in, in hiring uh, overall, you have uh, most of the kids going through life have been on journeys with other people around them that have common experiences. So you're going through elementary school, you're going through high school, there's a group of you all coming in as freshmen, you go to college, even if it's all brand new people, they're going through a common journey and experience with you. If you enlist in the military, you go to basic training, you've got 
brand new people, but it's all in a common experience. And when you get out, people don't leave necessarily the military all on a schedule together where they're going to stay together, where you're going to be on that common journey and common experience. And this is, I think, one of the hardest things you see this transition uh, out of the military, but also out of college to your first job in a city where if you hire on as the only brand new college graduate to a, a smaller company um, or even to a larger company into a unique role where you're not coming into a big cohort, uh, you're that first time in life, not necessarily on a common journey and a shared experience with other people. That's right. And um, that's another aspect of military people. They've, they're pretty worldly. They have a lot of experience. They've made their way through some tough situations, had to figure things out. And that's something that is really unique. And that's one of the reasons why they do such great work in industry. Yeah. So uh, if you're active duty, and it sounds like you get paid still to attend the academy, uh, if you are a reservist or retired and you're coming in, um, it, how does, does the academy cost you something? How does that work? Yeah, you know, if uh, you're within that six months, and you can do it while you're on active duty. That's great. You do have a paycheck, and you know people will tell you that's the best of all worlds. Uh, in the cases where they run out of time, they can still finish up after they finish their active duty. Or, as I said, if they're veterans, they've already left active duty, they can participate. But the cost per student is approximately $6,500 to $8,000 for the 18 weeks. I mean, they get 16 computer science credits. Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University is the university that provides the academic course instruction to all states that were located, with the exception of Washington State. That's where we first started, and there we use St. Martin's University. But there's a, there's a cost uh, associated with the education. And members can use their GI Bill uh, to defray that cost. But, uh, it, you know, you, you talk to them and, and you say, okay, how do you feel about that? And they say, well, you know, given the value of my GI Bill, uh, this cost is negligible for the opportunity that it could provide. Yeah. No, I mean, that's a, a great use, and that's exactly what the GI Bill was designed for, is to uh, be able to enable the military folks to uh, advance their education and be able to tra make that transition in a strong and stable manner, and, and even one with that average salary that you mentioned earlier in the program that's likely going to improve uh, their quality of life and their family's quality of life. No, that's that's absolutely correct. And uh, I would tell you that senior leaders in the military who understand this program really, really like it. And I'll share a story uh, with you. The senior enlisted member of the Marine Corps, his title is Sergeant Major of the Marine Corps, and uh, his name is Ronald Green. I was visiting him in his office at the Pentagon, and he said to me, you know, your program, this MSSA program, um, is really valuable. He said, I, as the Sergeant Major of the Marine Corps, have the responsibility of what I refer to as the three R's. The first R is to recruit the best young men and women in America to become United States Marines. The second R is to retain those young Marines as long as I can, because I know there's a pyramid and I know I'm gonna lose those, a lot of those Marines, but I wanna retain 
the good ones for as long as I can. And the third R is that we have to return Marines to society as better citizens to contribute to America. And your program is all about those three R's. That's great to hear. Good to see that you've uh, gotten the visibility back that far, which will certainly help you guys roll this out uh, and scale it nationwide. No, I mean, visibility really is what it's all about. As I said, the first time we roll out on an installation, a base, we have a pretty small number in that first class, and then it grows the second one. And in the case of Joint Base Lewis-McCord, we now have two simultaneous, one on base and one off base, same as Camp Pendleton. It grew. So we have one on base and we have one in Oceanside, as you know, is right outside of Camp Pendleton. So that's what we're hoping will happen here in San Antonio, that we'll get, you know, we're set up for 25 students. We're hoping that we'll fill up that cohort and we'll get to the point where we'll have to have a second one. And, you know, what a great problem to have, to find a facility to have a second classroom. But that's what we're hoping for. Yeah. So in San Antonio here, uh who do you have for academic partners? How do you bring in teachers for these courses, and how does uh, that whole piece of it work? Well, as I mentioned, uh, with the exception of the state of Washington, Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University is our partner of choice for education, and that's because they're in over 100 bases around the world. They're not only in the U.S., but in other countries, and they know how to work with the military. So they are our academic partner. They're working with us here at Joint Base San Antonio, and uh, I'm, I'm hoping that we'll just keep growing right here in, in San Antonio. So we've, we've graduated one class here in San Antonio, and if, if I was um, an employer going, you know what, man, you have me excited about this, excited about these uh, the students that are coming out of your uh, program. If I wanted to uh, reach out to Microsoft Software and Systems Academy team to get in there as a employer, uh, where do I go? I'm going to give that to you, but there's a couple things that we need to talk about here. First of all, I said there's 280 companies out there that are hiring from our program. We expect to hit 500 in 2020. And, uh, and the other thing is I, I mentioned the mentors who work with them. And we'll talk about that in the second half. But, I mean, we really, we, we put a lot of effort into preparing them. And uh, I, I think that goes a long way here. And, and I mean, they, they're guaranteed an interview, uh, either from Microsoft or one of our hiring partners as part of this course. And uh, companies can go to MSSA Hire at Microsoft.com to become part of the system. We stick with these people all, all the way through this process. And if they don't get a job right away, we still are there with them. And we use a company called JobPlex, whose, whose, whose mission it is to help these folks find a job. So people that get in this program are taking a huge step forward in terms of their future. Email hire at microsoft.com if you're an employer and uh, want to uh, have access to this amazing talent pipeline that uh, Microsoft is building uh, with uh, our military partners all across America. So, And potentially, I guess, since uh, your academic partners in bases all across the world, this program could go global uh, eventually. Well, you know, we really um, had a vision... Uh, 
and we've just finished the phase one of that vision, which was to open it up on these 12 bases across the country. We stuck to it. And it, of course, when you have a program like this, you're going to get people say, hey, what about this base? What about this base? But we really have to stick to the fundamentals and open each base up fair and square, make sure everything's running properly, try to do what I said, it, double down, Yeah. Try, start with one class and get enough interest that you have two classes going. And if we do that, that's going to keep us in this program uh, for quite a while. Then we can think about maybe in the years ahead expanding. Yeah, because I, I mean, I know with uh, the Air Force presence we have here, there's uh, many folks that go back and forth between uh, San Antonio and, and Germany uh, for uh, quite a bit of their their enlisted life. Uh, so they just have to do the academy while they're here um, on that San Antonio side of their tour, or when they get out after and come stay in San Antonio for 18 weeks and, and do this as they transition. Uh, back to the the private sector. So for those that may have just uh, tuned in right now, you're listening to CyberTalk Radio on 1200 WAI, and uh, we're uh, talking about a uh, really great program uh, that educates uh, military veterans and folks that are transitioning out. And it was uh, Chris had said uh, that the success rate here is 96% of the folks that do this get a job or uh, continue on further in uh, college study towards a degree program after finishing the academy. So, I mean, that's just, I mean, those are world-class numbers. Those are uh, top 20 university numbers. If you look at, at job placement or continuing on to an advanced degree program, I mean, it, it doesn't get any better than that. So uh, talking about this at the kind of macro level, do you guys have any individual success stories? Uh, his story time is always good for our audience to make it personal for them is the, that uh, you've got promoters of the program that have been out there that have gone through this, that have shared their story and how it impacted their life. Oh, we have, we have several and they're, they're just great stories. You know, I think of Bernard Bergen. He was an army special forces sergeant out of joint base Lewis McCord. Uh, who went through the program and became a software engineer. And uh, and now he's on his second role on an account team, a commercial account team. I mean, he, uh, six years in the Army, tours in uh, Afghanistan, Iraq, just a great example of a super, super uh, success story. Uh, another one that I can think of is Ryan Makababab. She joined the Army to, you know, try to get some confidence in her life, some leadership, and did her tours also in Iraq and Afghanistan, lost a very good close friend in Afghanistan, and decided to transition, found out about this program, uh, made it through successfully, is now working in our Azure division and doing super, super well. But the neat story on her is that in, in their last year in office, you know, Michelle Obama had the Joining Forces program, which was designed to help military members and spouses when they left to transition into civilian life. Michelle Obama asked Ryan to stand up in the White House um, as an example of a successful military person who made the transition. So the stories go on and on, but these are people with passion, with leadership, and who have broken the mold in terms of, you know, prior to this program, if you didn't have a four-year degree, you know, we didn't talk to you. Yeah. But now that's no longer the case. 
these uh, military people bring so much to the table. And it's, and it's about diversity. It's about inclusion. And uh, our own CEO talks about that, that, you know, our veterans are part of diversity. And that's why we created a program like this, to give them opportunity to get into the IT. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break here at the bottom of the hour for news, traffic, and weather update. I will be back with Chris Cortez, the VP of Military Affairs, and a little bit over 33 years in the Marine Corps, retired as a major general. Uh, So he's done this transition himself, and uh, we're going to be talking more details of the program, uh, kind of what classes do you take, what soft skills do you learn. So uh, stay tuned, and uh, we will be back with CyberTalk Radio shortly. Welcome back to Cyber Talk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt. I'm joined this week uh, by retired Major General Chris Cortez, who's now VP of Military Affairs at Microsoft. And we've been talking about the Microsoft Software and Systems Academy. It's a program rolled out across a a number of military bases in in the U.S. Uh, Started up in Washington near Microsoft's headquarters and uh, has worked its way down here to San Antonio. Chris, thank you very much for joining us. And we had uh, promised uh, this half of the program kind of dive in. You'd said 16 computer science credits of curriculum during this program. It's uh, 18 weeks long. Uh, Let's uh, help the audience understand a little bit more uh, about uh, what prerequisites do do I need to have? Do I need to be in a tech job in the military to enlist and en- enroll in this academy? And who who is this for? The answer is it's for everyone. You do not have to come from a tech background, although it helps, obviously. But, I mean, we have truck drivers, cooks, uh, medics. It does not matter what your occupational specialty was on active duty. Not at all. This prepares you for the technology industry. You're going to get the skill sets and um, we're going to we're going to use those skills that you aren't even aware of that you have from serving in the military. We're going to we're going to put those skills to great use in the technology industry. Yeah, is and if you're out there thinking, well, I mean he says this, but I don't really believe it. So I I run a, a tech company and we hire folks uh, at, from all sorts of different industry backgrounds. Um, and potentially even just teach them the basic skills in some of our roles. And the the reason uh, why is that the diverse background and experience, if you uh, were a truck driver and you know all about the whole trucking industry and logistics and how all that stuff works from uh, your military career in that specialty, you're much more equipped to be successful in a technology job in that industry because you understand how it works and in those areas. So same thing if you, you uh, the medic side to be able to go do uh, technology inside of healthcare that uh, being able to understand how the industry works is super valuable and super important and then you just have those general military skills of being given a team to work on a mission with a deadline and structure and milestones and goals and objectives and all of those things that you've learned all of this happens inside of technology projects and um, frankly, a lot of tech teams are not very good at uh, many of those things, which is why you'll, you read some private sector stats. Half of the major technology projects um, miss deadlines or fail completely, and uh, that's because folks don't have that type of military background and experience because it's not acceptable. If the U.S. military failed on half of its missions, um, there would be hearings in front of Congress every single day. This is a double-edged sword. You know, it's up to us to work with the industry. and point out to them 
just how valuable our military, our veterans are, just how much they bring, because they really haven't understood that in the past. This is a new pipeline of talent. This, this is talent that has gone unnoticed, and, but we've got it now, and we're going after it now. And that's, that's half of this. The other half is to talk to our military and say, look, you have a lot to offer. You think that, you know, you were a truck driver. How in the world are you going to work for a company like Microsoft? You got to get rid of that because you have so much going for yourself. Let's face it. All these big companies have logistics. They have marketing. They have supply. They have uh, communications. They have administration. They have personnel. They have all those things that you know about in the military. It's just a matter of finding your way into one of these companies. You got to start somewhere, right? And we're going to give you the basics and we're going to get you that first job. But that's not the job you're going to have for the rest of your career. You're going to move in that company. These these tech companies change, they evolve. Technology evolves. The only thing that's constant is change in technology. So come on. The military all of you need to need to get that. You have a lot to offer. Oh, absolutely. So um, you had, had said it at the start, so we've got uh, tech curriculum in the morning, soft skill stuff in the afternoon. So if if I'm um, one of the students coming into to class in the, the systems academy here, so I'm uh, week one, and what am I, I sitting down in to start learning, and, and how's that, that going to go for me? Okay, essentially, and this is, uh, this is really uh, uh, a very simple... Uh, overview, but you're going to have academics in the morning, and it's going to be tough. And in the afternoon, we're going to work with you on your resume writing, on your interviewing, because we really firmly believe, I mean, part of you getting an interview is having a good resume, and then part of you doing well in an interview is being ready for that interview. So we have to work with you on those things. But I mentioned the mentors. We have volunteers. Believe me, we have a huge number of volunteers from the company, full-time employees who love this program, who want to be part of this program, who want to help our military. And they're not all necessarily former military. Some of them are not. But they volunteer their time. They, uh, once a week, they'll Skype in or sometimes show up in person for an hour to talk to the students about, hey, what's it like to work at Microsoft? What's it like to work in the technology industry? You know, questions, answers, and the students really, really like that. The other thing that we do, and we firmly believe that this is part of our 90% retention rate after two years, is that we assign a full-time mentor for the first 12 months. Because, you know, when you get into a company like Microsoft, it's tough, right? It's a tough transition. I mentioned earlier, transition is super tough from the military and uh, and we believe that that first 12 months mentoring is really helping as well yeah great stuff uh, along there in the program because it's, it's a different culture maybe if you go work for USAA it may be fairly fairly similar but uh, if you you go work for almost uh, all the rest of us uh, there's definitely and even if you're working for USAA well they may operationally run and mentor their areas in a, in a very military fashion the rest of your life those hours that you aren't at the office are still going to be significantly different in that where uh, that mentor and advisor who's uh, made the transition or worked with other folks that have uh, can be uh, in the, the make or break change there for you that's that's exactly right and these people are are very talented and they have huge hearts and they want to see our military members succeed it's it's just goodness all around it's it's great to see yeah 
And uh, for for those wonderings uh, out there, maybe if you're on the bases or in you in San Antonio, you wonder is Microsoft here in town even? And uh, they are. Uh, they've got a couple of big buildings up off of 1604 that I've seen their logos on. So I, I don't know if they've hired anybody. Have you guys hired any out of this first cohort here in San Antonio into Microsoft? I don't have that information. Know, yeah, I I know that uh, you know the hiring here is is on par. I mean, let's face it: if 96 percent of the graduates are either employed yeah or gone back to college and of the ones that are employed 86 percent are in the it industry i mean hey that's what we're here trying to do we're trying to give folks an opportunity that want to work in the it industry make that dream come true yeah in san antonio uh i think as we get the word out about this more um that many businesses here are very familiar with hiring um and working with the the military so I think San Diego, I guess where you're from, or you spend a lot of your time uh, stationed, is is another one of those cities. And how long has the the program been in San Diego? Well, we started, uh, that was one of the top three bases we began five years ago. So it's been in San Diego for five years at Camp Pendleton. Yeah. And we've since expanded. Like I said, there's a second class outside of the base on Oceanside. And then we started another one uh, near Miramar Air Station. And that one is designed, it's off base, it's designed to allow those that are in the Navy at 32nd Street Naval Base at Naval Air Station North Island and Marine Corps uh, Air Station Miramar, all three of those bases have access to that location. So, um, but that's that's where it started, Joint Base Lewis-McChord, Washington State, Camp Pendleton, and then we, we've grown from there. Yeah, so, I mean, I think the, the San Antonio from a, trajectory perspective uh over the course of a few years if we we should be putting as many uh, folks here through the academy as uh, is going through san diego i think that san antonio has huge potential uh, you've got not only all four services represented here but you have a large population of air force and army so there's a lot of opportunity and i would say to any of those employers that are listening to your program right now hey these are talented young people. Air, just about every company has, a, even if it's just one person, an IT section, an IT portion of their company. These are going to be great employees for you. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just the, the consistency, the reliability, uh, which is, is hard to find uh, in a- anywhere. And uh, I mean, some of the, the determination that you learn in the military as well to not give up. And if you've got the sniffles, you still get to show up like you, you don't get to stay home sick with the sniffles. That's and that's part of what what these people bring. I mean, they're tough. Yeah. And they, I mean, let's face it, you're going to run across ambiguity. You're going to run across things that, you know, you, you haven't seen or done before. But that's not unusual because when you serve in the military, that happens all the time. You you know what the mission is. You get it done. So, Chris, we've been talking some about you've got a few hundred hiring partners uh, in the the program thus far, and you're on your way towards uh, uh, the goal for 500 in the, the next couple of years. Help us uh, as a businesses and business owners that may be listening into this, what or HR leaders for larger enterprises that are, are looking to build a new tech talent pipeline, what what are the types of organizations that have uh, gotten involved thus far and, and what's that profile look like for those that are successful? That's exactly right. We're at 280. We're growing. We are looking to get to 500 in the next couple of years, as you said. But, you know, when companies like Dell, Expedia, 
Accenture, the Department of Defense, Capgemini, and, and others. These are the kind of companies that are stepping up. And right here in San Antonio, Dell and uh, USAA have, have pledged to hire some of our graduates right here out, yeah. of, out of San Antonio. So this is, this is what it's going to take. You know, we're offering the opportunity. We know there's a technology gap, and we know that these are talented people, a talent pipeline that we've never gone after before. So now it's a matter of connecting the two. And the more companies like these that step forward and hire, the more they're going to see just how talented these young folks are, and they're going to be coming back for more. That's uh, good to hear on that company side. We uh, mentioned earlier on in the program, uh, you can go to MSSAHire at Microsoft.com, email uh, the team there if you're a HR head or business owner that are looking to get involved. Um, and I, I, from picking out of the conversation, it sounds like the ones that are the most successful also get involved with uh, offering mentors and uh, really working with the academy and not just looking to receive resumes after people graduate. No, that's exactly right. And, uh, and you know, there have been doubters. Hey, what are you doing here with this program? Are you stealing military people away from, you know, the ranks? No, we're not. We're offering them an opportunity. They've made the decision. They've served their country. And we're giving those that want to get into the IT industry an opportunity there. And uh, it's it's working. And and I would tell you that as a company, Microsoft is is looking at this as the workforce of the future. We need a technological workforce. The government says that the technology industry is going to grow by 12% between now and 2024. There's going to be huge opportunity out there. So this is just one uh, way to, to give that opportunity to our military. So MSSA is doing it for transitioning military and veterans. We, we also have a program called USPARC where we go to middle schools and we give a day of coding and robotics and try to, we call it use spark. We try to ignite an interest in technology because their whole future is ahead of them. And if we can do that, we're going to reach young people. And the same with DigiGirls. It's for young girls and uh, to, to try to get them interested. And finally, there's another program Microsoft has called TechSpark, which is in rural America, trying to give people, you know, a capability in technology. So these are these are all things related to that shortfall of technology workers and the workforce of the future. And it's, it's just absolutely wonderful to be part of something like this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I uh, really appreciate the, the middle school uh, program because that is the, the absolute right place to uh, hit kids up and present them with the opportunities. So uh, yeah, cause it's that era where, many of them make the decisions of what they're going to be excited about for that career and what they really want to start studying uh, during the the high school level and then on to, to a career from there. And if they don't get exposed to it uh, at some level um, by middle school, it, they often don't make those decisions later on. That's exactly right. And, you know, Microsoft's been doing this in schools across the country for several years. But this year... In 2018, for the first time, we've taken USPARC to middle schools on military bases. We started at Camp Pendleton. We were at Schofield Barracks. We were at Fort Bragg. Uh, we were at Quantico. And on June 1st, we're going to be at Robert G. Cole Middle School. 
to offer uSpark, and we're really looking forward to that. Oh, uh, I, I love it. And for, for those listening, maybe for the first time on CyberTalk Radio, the uh, Air Force Foundation started a program called Cyber Patriot, which uh, teaches kids the cybersecurity is a team sport in high school initially. And now it's down at the middle school level because they, they realized there that if they waited until high school, uh, many of the, the kids had already made decisions to go down another path at that point. So getting the programs into middle school has really helped them increase the uh, interest level and enrollment in, uh, in the Cyber Patriot team sport uh, activities up at the high school level. You're listening to 1200 WAI. This is Cyber Talk Radio, and I'm joined uh, by Chris Cortez, VP of Military Affairs for Microsoft. We're talking about the Microsoft Software and Systems Academy. If you uh, just joined us uh, on the radio right now, you can listen to the rebroadcast of this uh, on iTunes or on uh, podcasting on your Android device or YouTube uh, on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com. This will all be up and posted on Tuesday, June 12th. Uh, you can also listen to our past episodes. I know I just mentioned a little bit about Cyber Patriot. We've had on uh, some of the folks uh, from that, some of the kids on different teams. Uh, so you can get a, a variety of different perspectives about what's going on in Cyber Patriot and how you can get involved uh, from uh, an education perspective there, whether uh, you're a youth or if you're a mentor and you've uh, maybe graduated from the Microsoft uh, Software and Systems Academy and you're looking to mentor youth, uh, the Cyber Patriot teams, so we've got hundreds of them in San Antonio, are always looking for uh, more mentors to come out and uh, help those kids get excited about uh, technology. Because uh, as Chris had mentioned, I mean, there's a half a million jobs open right now uh, in technology across the U.S., but I think this gap is forecast to grow to over a million, maybe over two million, um, and as as fast as he's rolling out and expanding the the MSSA, um, it's not going to be fast enough all on its own. Uh, there's not going to be a. Uh, two million military members to train and transition. Uh, So uh, we need uh, other education programs out there as well, uh, teaching folks technology, getting uh, technology skills uh, at all levels. Uh, So this is, if you are thinking about all of these and and you're not uh, active duty or or retired military, uh, look at the Alamo Colleges here in San Antonio. Uh, Look at uh, many of our our other former guests uh, on the program. And uh, while... Sometimes we get really nerdy on cybersecurity here. If we don't talk about these education programs and we uh, don't expose people to the opportunities that are out there, uh, it doesn't matter how nerdy I get for the three of us that are actually in the cybersecurity world right now. Uh, We need 300,000 more. We might need 3 million more. So uh, a big uh, focus for us has been uh, trying to help spread the word uh, and about programs like this and uh, let's see what we can uh, do here uh, getting this message out to the military uh, personnel here in San Antonio to get uh, Chris up from running uh, one cohort at a time in San Antonio to running three or five or ten yeah we'll see how big we can make it uh, we'll see how much excitement we can get going here so as you're, you're thinking about these different cohorts so we've got the the, the uh, different learning paths because now you're in some of the different cities like we had mentioned San Diego you're running a few different uh, classes at once a few different locations at some of the bases there around San Diego so San Antonio my understanding we've got a cybersecurity learning path going here now uh, but what are how does that work and what are some of the the other ones as uh, we would look to expand well, when we first put this program together, we took a look, a careful look at where is the biggest demand in the IT industry and in the company. After all, we're trying to get, you know, people in the company as well. And we really broke that down into four areas. 
and they are cloud application development, server and cloud administration, cybersecurity administration, and database and business intelligence administration, four huge areas of turnover. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, this isn't your job forever. This is a step-off point. This is a starting point. And you're going to grow in the the company, and you're going to do other things after that. But these are the four fundamental, basic areas where folks start. And I would encourage people, if they go through this program, go to that interview, but go with an open mind. You may not be uh, hired for that particular uh, course that that you were dedicated to, it might be for something in your background. It's going to come out in the interview and somebody in the business is going to say, wow, I want you. So uh, those are the four and uh, it's just the starting point. Yeah. Now, a lot of hiring in the private sector for attitude and aptitude uh, and that uh, contextual experience and proven ability to learn Um, because uh, especially in the technology world, uh, stuff that was uh, relevant uh, two years ago, not relevant uh, potentially today. And uh, so the, the, what you're going to be learning in any technology uh, education is how to learn technology um, and how to keep up with uh, an ever-changing uh, landscape of, of things. So like as we look inside of um, the cloud computing world, it's evolving very quickly. It was all about virtual machines, virtual servers for a while, but now um, it's about big data services. It's about artificial intelligence, machine learning, uh, containers, um, even things that are more lightweight than containers, and uh, and learning how to deploy applications and code across all of these, how to manage databases that you, you used to think about a physical server or a cluster of them, but now uh, with the, the cloud services and the things like SQL Azure, you're not having to think about that stuff anymore. You're thinking about the database from a schema level and from a, a technology use level, but not necessarily from the many of the things that you had to think about three or five years ago if you're running your own SQL Server cluster in your own data center. So, uh, I mean, those are uh, they, all of the the uh, great things to be teaching folks. I, I would highly encourage uh, people to take any one of those tracks uh, available to them. There's not uh, anything there that, that I see that I go, you know what, maybe that was relevant three or five years ago. Those are all cutting-edge things that uh, will be setting folks up for uh, another 20 years of success. Yeah, and, you know, we talked about it earlier, but if you're – thinking about getting into the IT industry, lose all the fear of, you know, did what I do in the military map exactly to IT? That, it doesn't matter. You have a lot of skills, you have a lot of talent, and you have a lot to offer. And go to military.microsoft.com slant training slant MSSA to find out the details on how you can apply for the program. You can do this. Yeah. You served our our country country here for for 33 years and then went to uh to work for for microsoft after this so um i get the feeling though you, you didn't really have to go to work so uh what i mean really got you uh, into this and as we've been having this discussion i mean i see the the passion in your face uh about this program and about the the work that you're you're able to go do like yeah why why this why not just sit on the beach in san diego because it's a pretty gorgeous place uh we were talking off air i went to high school there and uh it's one of the places in America that I might love as much as San Antonio. The mission of Microsoft is to enable every person and organization on the planet to achieve more. What a great mission. 
And everything that we do is all about that. This particular program is one aspect of the company's diversity and inclusion, which it believes in strongly. And it wants to do as much as it can for the world. And this particular program is geared to a great place in terms of my background, which is our military. That's where I spent over three decades. I know these young people. I've seen these young people in harm's way. I've seen how dedicated they are, how focused they are. They're amazing. And to be able to offer a program like this to our military and to be right up front and center with this program is just an amazing opportunity. I really, really love what I do. And our CEO encourages all of our employees to do uh, what they can to, to satisfy their desires, their dreams, things that are good for society, things that are good for the world. This is one of those. MSSA is one of those programs that is really as good as it gets. These military people, in my book, are the best of the best. And they deserve opportunities like this. And I'm just really, really grateful to have, to, have, to be able to take part in, in a program like MSS. Thank you very much, uh, Chris, for uh, joining us today and for the, the hard work you do uh, to implement and roll out and expand uh, the MSSA program uh, across more bases and uh, to grow the program at the bases it's already at today. Thank you, Brett, for taking this opportunity, giving me the opportunity to talk about MSSA and hopefully reach more of our audience out there and and encourage them to participate in this program.